Hey, hi, hello. Welcome to Dark Yarnus, your weekly stitch and bitch where we spin you a tale most strange and unusual. My name is Krista, and I'm just an eepy little guy right now. Eepy. Eepy. Sleepy. Uh, I'm Tracy, and I am also getting just as eepy. <laughs> it's the McDonald's. McDolan. McDolan. McRegret. McRegret. <laughs> Me at my whole life. Fucking, maybe not my whole life, but like a good chunk of it. A, gu- a good chunk. We don't talk about me from the ages of 17 to 25. <laughs> yeah. That, that, yeah. Those were dark times. We, oof. Prefrontal. The 20s cor- were rough. 20, yeah. I, fucking beyond rough. Y- yeah. I, you could not pay me to be 20 again. I see so many people who are like, oh my God, I'm about to turn 30. And I'm like, hell yeah, I survived. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, I like, ev- like the only thing I'm unhappy with is how I've let myself go health wise in terms of like my body and stuff. But otherwise, I'm pretty happy being 30. And I mean, it's and been, even- it's been pretty great. Hell yeah. But even then, like, it is never too late to start taking care of yourself. Right. And so. I'm working on it, like, yeah. with therapy, even yeah. though we eat McDonald's today. I've been trying to, like, not eat out as yeah, much. but, like, it's consistency over perfection. Right. Exactly. Yes. And this is stuck. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, you bitch. You want to know, know what else I'm thinking about? What? Our twink vampire boyfriend. <laughs> I said we would wait for this episode to talk about it, and it's this episode. <laughs> it is this episode. So I've been playing Baldur's Gate consistently, and I am a chronic maladaptive daydreamer. <laughs> and I have so many OCs, and I am cringe, and I read and write fan fiction. We embrace the cringe in this household. <laughs> to be cringe is to be free. That is right. <laughs> So, yeah, my first playthrough, I was like, ooh, who is this? Oh, is this the vampire man everyone's been sipping over? And I was like, probably. He probably is toxic as fuck. <laughs> and then I, like, started experience, like having more dialogue. And I was like, oh, honey, oh. you're traumatized. Oh, you're tra- oh it's adorable. <laughs> oh, oh, it's, it's traumatized. traumatized. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I can fix it. I can fix it. But like every every single companion in that fucking game is fixable. <laughs> Let me fix you. Let Muscle me. mommy with an engine for her heart that'll burn her alive unless I get her the right things. I can fix that. I can we can I can get her the right things. I, I, I can get her the right things and then she can hug me and then other things to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh little poor poor wizard man whose ex-girlfriend is the goddess of magic oh my god who told him to go kill himself i can fix that (gasps) oh no yeah i can fix that i can fix that um i haven't fuck lazelle (laughs) you're like i don't care that's nice i i mean i she's she's an angry little lizard relatable and like i understand like the reason for her anger, but I'm like, bitch, shut up. I don't care. This does not have a hole. Oh, it was upside down. Oh. <laughs> Tracy's beating for context. I am beating. I guess. And I I'd like to be clear, I haven't even played this game yet. I watched Tracy play like maybe an hour's worth of it. And then uh Literally just the mind flare ship. Yes, just the mind flare ship. And then 
Um, I've watched the TikToks that she's shown me and I, I simp for this man. (laughs) He said, what's the fuck? It's the, one of the things he said that was, it's as if the God sent you to ruin me. And I (laughs) said, Oh, let me ruin you. Let me ruin you. Cause you have ruined me. (laughs) Entirely unfair. I do want to play it. I just, I have so much going on in no, my life. I, I, I should be crafting and I ha- today I am, Woo-hoo. but it's like I keep looking down at the Baldur's Gate icon don't on my it. computer and don't, I'm like, oh, don't shit. do it. Maybe we can start streaming sometime. Oh, I would love to stream. That'd be fun. I would love to do that. We can stream uh, you playing it and at the same time, my dumb reactions to watching <laughs> you play. I would love to do that with the other game that I always watch you play. Uh, the horror one. The, oh, Dead by Daylight. Yes, Dead by Daylight. Yes. Dead by Daylight is a really popular one to stream. That's, I mean, yeah, it's very it's suspenseful. Good. <laughs> so. It's very good. Yes. But no, one of uh, Asterion's lines that just completely destroys me is, I'm not, I'm not afraid of you, not of your darkness. Oh! I'm like... Part yet, like it's, it's just, just been spoiled it so many times. It, it, it's been it's... spoiled to me by social media, mainly TikTok. I mean, it's my own fault for not getting it sooner. It's but... okay. It's okay. Just enjoy your time. I who oh, I am. <laughs> my my issue is is I I I am a good being, and my Asterion my... is a bad boy. And there are certain times where you're like, oh, yeah, I'll help you. And then there's just a little notification. Asterion disapproves. I'm like, damn it. No, honey. We have to We have to be nice to we the people. We have to be nice. We have to be nice. Let me be let nice. Let me be nice. And I just let him suck my neck the next <laughs> night and he, it goes back up. So There we go. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. I'll be nice to the people. You be dirty to me and it's and then, fine. And then we're all good. Everything's good. Everything's I, fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I do, I do want to play this. I just also would like to do it when, you know, I have time and I don't have a million things to do. So never, but uh, I will live vicariously through you for now. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. The fan art, the fun videos. <laughs> they fucking the fucking edit of the song After Dark with some of his dialogue in it. Oh I did my not, god! I did not expect that to hit the way it does, and I mm-hmm. went. Oh. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> and that was two queers thirsting over a fictional man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fucking. <laughs> I mean, the whole cast on there. It yeah. just it's, Smash. <laughs> like, it, it's just, oh, they, the devs knew what they were doing oh, they with this game. Did. They knew they were doing. They knew. You can fuck the Mind Flayer. <laughs> Tentacles. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'll show you the TikTok later. I, it's uh, I, it's not my thing. I remember. You do you, but. <laughs> I remember the TikTok you showed me of the, uh, um, like, oh, am I into the mind flare? Mm, no. Oh, the wow. Well, <laughs> yes, that, that one. I just, uh, but I didn't know it was optional to actually fuck this being. Yeah, yeah, it is. And because you're all like, all your characters are connected by this mind flare parasite in your brains. They all know. They know. No. 
<laughs> they all know. And hilariously enough, that. whoever you're romancing, if you're romancing multiple, that's another thing that's really cool. You can have multiple relationships in this game, um, except for Gail, because Gail's like, I don't know, not fun. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, how can I make this work? Sorry, I'm playing with my beads. I couldn't tell if that was at your beads or at Romance and Gale. I mean, yes. Else. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, the, none of them care if you screw around with the Mind Flayer. Okay. If you're with them. And I'm like, uh, that, but I, I care. I, I, <laughs> I care. I have standards. I have standards. It's not, not you. The, it's me. Not that anyone else who is into that shit has lower standards, just different. That's another hysteria quote that I saw on Facebook. It was like, it's not you. It's just me. I happen to have standards or some <laughs> shit like that. Well, I saw another TikTok that was like the stats of Baldur's Gate so far. And apparently 10,000 players were rejected by Asaria. And I'm like, how? How do you? How, literally let let the vampire eat on you. And then he's fine. And then and I, he's I've, fine. I've, I've, he's fine. No. <laughs> I hope Tim never hears this. He probably will. I no. Well, I mean, he doesn't listen to the podcast, so oh. we would have to like search it out and send it to him and be like, "Listen to this timestamp. Listen to your partner thirst over fictional men." <laughs> it's the trauma. Look, if I want to fuck a traumatized vampire, I'm gonna fuck a traumatized vampire. Oh, but he's so pretty. He's so pretty when he traumatized. Oh, that's fucked he, up. He does, never mind. Forget well, I said that. Oh. I hate that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That was gross. I feel like a couple of men have thought that about me. <laughs> this made my own skin crawl. <laughs> oh, no. It's okay. It's fine. Everything's it's fine. fine. Everything's this is fine. fine. It's fine. It's fine. Who? <laughs> What are you, I know, I know you're working on jewelry things, but what are you planning on doing with the jewelry things? So right now I'm just putting a shit ton of jump rings on these cute little moons that I got and I lost one. So it's no. gone forever, <laughs> it's gone but, forever. <laughs> um, these little moons, uh, the hole is too small for like, just for thread and beads to go through. Ugh. So I'm putting a bunch of jump rings on them to put them on things and oh, yeah. I'm, Usually I'd be like, yeah, earrings, but I've been in a huge bracelet and uh, necklace making mode. Fuck yeah. And I think these beads are just so cute. And Oh, God. I just, oh. Oh. Sorry. I just burped and it tasted like the bananas we had earlier. And that was the How? most disgusting burp that I have ever had. I, like, because it, was, it wasn't just banana. It was like a banana and, and, like, clearly this banana has started to digest. And that's what this tastes like. Like and old it banana wasn't bread? Like old, yeah, kind of like old, uh, like banana when it starts to turn and it has that extra oh, banana you smell. Oh, no. That's what it tasted like. And no, I, thank you. Sorry, I hate it. Sorry to everyone who just had to listen to that, but also I just made, <laughs> I reacted and I was like, great, I need to explain now. F in the chat, boys. F in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> This is a this is an interesting start. We hi we thirsty over we, vampires. Some thirsty bitches. Some thirsty bitches. I love it. I love everything about it. It's fine. Everything's it's fine. fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. These are so many moons. That's and that's okay because that's you're gonna make so many bracelets. 
or necklaces. Yes. And it's going to be Gouda. Gouda. All right. I am, uh, I'm still, if you listen to, maybe it's last week's episode, maybe it's next week's episode. I don't know if he posts these in order. I we're think just, he tries. Uh, we're just along for the ride. It's we're still, going. we already posted what, or we recorded, we didn't post. We recorded one episode earlier. Um, and I'm working on the same thing as then. It's part of a curtain. I explained it then. So I'm just gonna, if it's not posted, then you'll find out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Bye. But yeah, I'm still working on panels for that. So cool. Yes, I get. I finally. Have I do color like on how it. it's all. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, if I finish my moons, I'm gonna. I've been working on this pair of gloves for a hot minute. I mm-hmm. just keep not doing it because I keep getting distracted. Distracted. That's entirely fair. By have you by met the me? vampire twink? I do be loving vampire twinks. So pretty. Hopefully, my dad never hears this because he's gonna be like, "Yeah, of course you like twinks, you weirdo." Well, it's not even gonna call me a weirdo. But <laughs> that's my boy, Father Hell. <laughs> my boy. No, my boy, Father Hell, Father Hell. It's <laughs> another one of my favorite things to quote. I Tracy knows this already, but for the last week, my vocal stem has been Capitan Dog, <laughs> and it's not even the quiet one at the beginning; it's the Capitan obnoxious dog. one at the end. Capitan Dog, Capitan Dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to point my face away from the microphone. I, uh, or more passion, more passion, more, more energy, energy, more energy, more footwork, more footwork. Anyway, we're just a bunch <laughs> of fucking internet references. Sorry, guys. I'm three internet references in a trench coat right now. That's my personality. <laughs> All right. So let me check this message. Tim sent a photo. Oh, Tim sent a spicy photo. Never mind. <laughs> not Not of him, but of memes and drawings i you know what i'm gonna send it to you you get to suffer with me cool <laughs> oh i almost just sent it to tim but that's fine <laughs> and he would have been like uh yes and but oh boy oh boy let me anyway yeah we'll look at that before me, we get me look started at to talk about all the things thirst the thirst the thirst, the thirst. <laughs> we just always be thirsty <laughs> <laughs> You have nice hands. <laughs> that is all. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay. Time to get depresso. Uh, oh, well, okay. I'm so, already there, so. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. <so. laughs> all right. So, um, since we haven't recorded in five fucking ever, here's a little refresher. Um, but also, okay, so I feel so bad because this this is the second part. This is uh, not going in the hole. Oh, that's um, unfortunate. <laughs> I don't uh, oh, oh, God, what the fuck? That is what you get, Kenobi, for sniffing things you don't need to sniff. Kenobi knocked a light over. Um, but okay, so this this is, uh, this started off with the death of Tanya Bennett. Oh, shit! Yes. I forgot. Yes. Um, which also I feel really awful because I was fucking exhausted when we recorded that. And I know that wasn't that great. So my apologies. Also, if I remember right, it was very short, but that's okay. Cause this one's going to be really long. I think not fun, not long enough to justify splitting it, but you know, long, like, just, just like my split end. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta pander. Um, okay. Um, so for any refresher, uh, it was the death of Laverne Pavlinek, um, this woman, or not, I'm sorry, not that, it was the death of Tanya Pennant, 
And this woman named Laverne Pavlinak came forward and said, hey, I think my partner did this. Oh, right, yes. right, right. And then she kept changing her story, kept changing her story, and finally she implicated herself. And, and then, then was like, oh, wait, I remember. keep going, keep going. recanted right at the end, but didn't matter. She was found guilty anyway, right? Um, okay, cool. So that that's the biggest thing that we need to know in the start of this. Okay, so... Um, just before the trial of Laverne Pavlinak started, hundreds of miles away in two separate states, notes appeared in bathroom stalls of gas stations. One read, quote, I killed Tanya Bennett in Portland. Two people took the blame so I can kill again. The other note said, I beat her to death. Uh, oh shit. Sorry. Um, raped her and loved it. People took the blame and I'm free. Jesus. Sorry about the lack of trigger word. I will also say that, like, I kind of glanced at these notes today to make the proper rearrangements of, like, I'm going to cut this part. I'm going to move this up here and talk about this at this point. But I have not really read them through. So I definitely, you know, if I just read the first fucking part of my notes, I'd know that. Anyway, <laughs> yes, this this episode is awful because this person Unhinged. is awful. Un- not even in a great way. Not in a good way. Not Yeah, not even in an okay way. I mean, we are unhinged in a good way. Hell yeah. Okay, so, um, both of these notes were signed with happy faces. Unfortunately, Ew. this was just hearsay and could not be admitted into evidence. Um, the jury never got to hear it, so Pavlinak, as we said, was convicted. Her boyfriend, uh, I think it's John Sosnovsky, I just have the last name here, so Sosnovsky, he pled no contest, um, and this is the end of it for three years. Oh. But then one day, three years from now, mm. or three years, not from now, god damn it. In 2027. Yes. Uh, six. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can math, kind of. Okay. What is math? I don't know. It's uh, almost 2024. Yeah. It, yeah. You're right. It's okay. getting there. Two so, months. So, so, yeah. And that's that's the end of it for three years until uh, a newspaper called The Oregonian gets a letter. And I heard that as... <laughs> I heard that as I heard that as a uh, uh, origamian. <laughs> origamian. I was like, wait, that's uh, not right. <laughs> I'm doing origami for this paper anyway. Um, so, uh, and the letter has smiley faces all over it. So mm, don't like that. A trigger warning because this is awful. It talks about murder. It talks about rape. It talks just awful things. I think uh, it uses you know, bad words for sex workers, but hey, I, again, I haven't read this in a minute, so I, I, that's just off the top of my head. Okay, so. I think it does. Yes. Yeah. Um, we read, is that the wind again? God damn. Yep. I don't know if the it's microphone's- fucking windy. It's fucking windy. I don't know if the microphone's picking it up or not. Oh, well, and if it is- <laughs> There you Jesus go. Christ. <laughs> if it does, then ooh, spooky. Okay, so. Uh, and we did read the first half of this at the end of the last episode, but there was more to it after the fact. Okay, so. I would like to tell my story. Exclamation mark. I'm a good person at times? No. Question mark. Anyway, that's, it's just those first two sentences have strange punctuation, so I want to read that. Anyway, so, um, I always wanted to be liked. I have been married and divorced with children. I didn't really want to be married, but it happened. <laughs> I I mean, it happens. I know, I, but it's just, but, that's but just like fucker. such an odd thing to put. It. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Um, okay, so, um, I've read your paper and enjoyed it a lot. I've always wanted to be noticed like Paul Harvey, front page, etc. So I started something I don't know how to stop. Oh. Yeah. On or around January 20th, 1990, I picked up Sonia Bennett and took her home. 
I raped her and beat her real bad. Her face was all broke up. Then I ended her life by pushing my fist into her throat. This, oh God, this part's really gross. I'm sorry. This turned me on. I got a high and then panic sets in. Where to put the body? I drove out to the Sandy River and threw her purse and walked away. And I drove the scenic road just past the falls. I went back home and dragged her out of her car. Or, or pardon me, dragged her out to the car. I want to know that it was my crime. So I tied a half inch soft white rope cut on one end and burned on the other around her neck. I drove her to a switchback on the scenic road about one and a half miles east of Lateral Falls. I dragged her downhill. Her pants were around her knees because I cut her buttons off. They found her the next day. I had wanted her to be found. I felt bad and afraid that I would be caught. But a man, whoop, but a man and a woman got blamed for it. My conscience is getting to me now. She was my first. Uh, right. Yeah, I, I, I didn't just... Now, his conscience is getting to him. Hmm. Now, hmm. I have, I ha anyway. Um, so, uh, she was my first and I thought I would not do it again. I was wrong. I went to truck driving school and learned to drive. While driving, I learned a lot and heard of people that have gotten away with such a crime because of our no nomad life. One day in California, I picked up a girl named Claudia. She had no bag and wanted to go anywhere. I, this part is also gross. Um, so she was not bad looking. Big Ew. breasted blonde. Eh. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> on my way out of LA, my mind went wild with the thought of a sex slave when I stopped. Oh, sorry. And when I stopped at a rest area, I took her. I taped her up and raped her again and again. I kept her for four days alive. And then I killed her and dumped her body about seven miles north of Bly on the 95. This took place about November of 92. This triggered something in me. It was getting easy, real easy. A week or two later, it seemed, but maybe it was four months. I stopped in Turlock, California, rest area. A hooker became my next victim. This time, I just strangled her right there without sex. She was only in my truck for five minutes. I started to taper, and then I got excited, and, oh, God, I forgot about this part. And he shot his load in his pants, apparently. Good job, you fucking gross. Fucking, I, I hate this. I hate this man so much. Okay. Um... I hate this man so much, but this is one of those cases that has always stuck with me just because yeah. it's intense. Um, so I dropped her body off behind the Blueberry Hill Cafe, 10 miles south on 99. I placed her body in the dirt and stepped on her throat to make sure she was dead. She was found two or three weeks later. <sighs> My next victim was a hooker I had used three weeks earlier and thought of using again. I summoned her on the CB. She had a raincoat on. We went through the normal procedure, and I made it with her, but when we got pressed, I forced her to have sex again and again. I felt so much power, and then I told her she was going to die, and then slowly strangled her. I would strangle her until she stopped and just about lost consciousness, and then stop and stop. Fucking. Uh, yeah. Uh, then I got bored and finished it. Took her money and dropped her off behind G.I. Joe's in Salem. I put her against the fence under the blackberry vines and then covered her with leaves. My last victim was a street person. It was raining in Corning, California. She was wet and I offered her a ride to Sacramento. I stopped at the rest area near Williams and had her. I put her body near a pile of rocks about 50 yards north of Highway 152 westbound, about 20 miles from Santa Anella, California. It was getting hard to trust my inner self. I kept arguing with my conscience. I had what conscience? <laughs> no, you're not. You're not wrong. Oh, this man has no conscience. I put there. There are things that I'm going to read at the end that are just quotes of him after the fact. This man is just rot in whatever cell he's in. Just fucking rot. Okay. Um, 
I had to get away from long haul trucking. Victims are too easily found. So I quit and found a good job driving while I'm in the public eye and out of harm's way. The truck has a bold name on the side, so it is easily recognized. I got away from what became easy. I do not want to kill again, and I want to protect my family from grief that would tear uh, it apart. Wait. No. <laughs> He's full of shit. Um, okay, so I feel bad, but I will not turn myself in. I... <laughs> Yes, I, I know. Um, I am the not. Rage. No, I know. I know. I am not stupid. I know what would happen ah, to me if I did. Sorry. I, did, <laughs> I mean, I firm agree, but. Um, in a lot of opinions, I should be killed and I feel I deserve it. My responsibility is mine and God will be my judge when I die. I am telling you all of this because I will be responsible for these crimes and no one else. It all started when I wondered what it would be like to kill someone and I found out. What a nightmare it has been. I had sent a letter to Washington County Judges Criminal Court asking, or fucking Christ. Whew, let's try that again. I had sent a letter to Washington County Judges Criminal Court taking responsibility for number one, but nothing has been in your paper. This freedom of press, you have the ball. Your game. Oh, I will be sorry. Oh, God. I will be reading to find out. I do not want to edit this, you bastard. Thank you. Okay. Uh, I used gloves and same paper as last letter. No prints. Look over your shoulder. I may be closer than you think. Ah! So this dude is just all kinds of arrogant and disgusting. Don't um, like it. No. I feel I bad. Bitch, no, you don't. No, no, you really no, don't. No, you, you really don't. absolutely don't. I promise you, you don't. Okay, so. If you felt bad, you wouldn't have kept doing it. But you did, you little shit. But you did. You little shit. Okay, Um. so. Phil Stanford of the Oregonian takes on going through the letter and looking into cases. The origamian. The, the origamian. <laughs> sorry. What are, you, what are you doing? Oh, I'm origamian. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> I, okay. So, um, so he gets in touch with police departments from these cities that the letter mentions. Fuck it. Sorry, I'm trying to Wong. just... I know. I can't help it. it I, I don't know how to... I mean, I know how. It's just my brain going... Burr. Okay. It is a brain bird day. <laughs> yes, it really is. But we are getting a lot done today, so that's good. Okay, so my dude Phil, getting details from police departments. Okay. Oh, upside down. There we go. So details from the letter match up with cases at each department. So Stanford starts looking into Tanya's case. He soon begins to think that Sosnowski and Pavlinak are innocent. When he visits Pavlinak in jail, she states that she knew where the body was because it had been highly publicized in the newspapers, even showing pictures of the road, which, just in case you don't remember, they had had her drive and be like, hey, well, where did you dump the body if you did this? So, right. Yes. Okay. Um, so they had basically pinpointed the spot for her. Uh, she could also see lots of tracks on the road where she could tell lots of people had been in and out of, lots of broken branches, etc., Pavlinak had also managed to read the search warrant at her apartment when the police weren't looking, which, God damn it, what the hell. Um, oops. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Water? Okay. Water is so, important. It, it do be. So, uh, Stanford got the okay to start publishing stories on the letters. And this doesn't do much for Tanya's case. Police just aren't going to reopen an old case. Like, it's it's closed. It's you know, especially yeah. without the name of someone to look into. This is just an anonymous letter. They can't, they can't do anything. So, uh, March 95, another body in the gorge on the Washington side. Um, it's discovered when a man pulls over to pee and is trying to find more privacy. He sees a hand with fingernail polish on it. She was completely nude with no purse around. She had adhesive on her face and lips that was consistent with duct tape. 
there was a discoloration on her neck and shoulders that was consistent with strangulation. The body was found almost directly across the gorge from where Tanya's body had been. At the autopsy, the cause of death was indeed strangulation. They were also able to lift prints and ID the body as Julie Winningham. Uh, Julie is described by her best friend as free-spirited and always going on adventures over the years. Mm. Yeah. Um, police interviewed her friends and discovered that she had been in town with a man described as tall, you know, around six foot six, uh, about 300 pounds and with dark hair. He drove a blue semi-truck. Uh, her, her friend said that she was in a relationship with this man, but none of them could remember his name. Um, I'd also like to insert here that after everything is said and done, her son clarifies that she was not in a relationship with him. Okay. I do think that's important to note. Um, I, I know there's a possibility that, like, maybe he doesn't know everything about his mother's life. But, but I feel like if that were to be the person to know, it would be the kiddo. I, probably. I mean, I, and even, even if he didn't know, I still feel like, you know, that's... That is the uh, brain. Like that—that's her family. That's yeah. what he wants to be clarified. So, oh yeah. no, I accidentally scrolled. So that's what we're gonna clarify Yum. here. Okay. So, <laughs> okay, found it. Okay. So, investigators definitely want to talk to this man. Um, and eventually, an old coworker who had been buying what the fuck? Oops. That's not what I wanted. I just wanted to put this here. Oh, okay. Oh, no. It's okay. Everything's going to be fine. Okay. So, uh, there was an old co-worker of hers that had been buying a car from her or something, uh, but a bill of sale was written up, and at the bottom was the signature of a witness named... <laughs> I'm sorry. Every single time I hear a bill of sale, I think of Peach Dragon, I got a bill of sale right here. <laughs> what? <laughs> it was this old... Disney movie called Peach Dragon. It was a live action movie with a cartoon dragon. <laughs> and okay. this kiddo ran away from his adopted family or his, I don't know. They were horrible to him okay. or they adopted him or something like something, that. I don't know. And he was like, I found a family that I really like and I still have a pet dragon. And they had found them. We're like, we got a bill of sale right here. Oh, wow. It says we own you or something like that. That's I was disgusting. like, oh. Okay. I hate so that. The, the, that's what I thought. Every single time I hear Bill of Sale, I'm like, I got Bill of Sale right here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I should watch that today. Okay. Um, okay. So, uh, at the bottom was the signature of a witness who was named Keith Hunter Jesperson. He had a Bill of Sale right there. He, no, sorry, no, he, he witnessed the Bill of Sale He witnessed right the Bill of Sale right there. <laughs> I, sorry. I, okay, so... I, we're in Tracy's craft room and <laughs> I'm facing her window and people, there's a sidewalk there. So people walk by all the time. That looks like a cop for a second, but I don't know. Cause it had like a patch on the side of his, or I don't know. Oh, well, it might important. have been that or UPS. Oh yeah. Okay. So, all right. So who is Keith Hunter Jesperson? Uh, well, we're going to talk about him because you know, of course we are. <laughs> so, okay. Um, I do oh, have a- my fingers hurt from all the jump rings. I'm gonna take a crochet break. Okay, there, there, there. <laughs> okay, so I do, I do have uh, bits about his early life because originally I was gonna split this up into three parters. I'm like, nah, fuck it. I, I don't want to do that. I just want to get this done and over with. Valid. Um. So Keith Hunter Jesperson was born April 6, 1955, in Chilliwack, British Columbia. At some point early in Keith's life, the Jespersons moved to the United States in Salem, Washington State. His parents were Les and Gladys Jesperson. Uh, his earliest memory was rolling a rock down the slide, and the rock. 
Oh, no. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. You're okay. Um, and the rock hitting his brother's head and causing it to bleed. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was sitting here thinking like, like, you know, when you were a kid and you were on the playground and there was a bunch of gravel. Yeah, you just roll it down. Scoop up a, a gravel. Whee! Going in and <laughs> down yes. the slide. Yes. <laughs> That's what I was imagining. So in my head, this pebble would fit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Uh, so, okay. So his family always regarded him as slow and easily distracted. Um, one of, God damn, I forgot about this. Okay. One of his sisters said that he was, quote, the one who dawdles. Um... I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Jesperson was apparently a happy child and was content to play alone outside. Um, Once he entered school, he was teased for being slow and he was picked on a lot for his size. Uh, He was very tall from a young age. Some of his classmates later admitted to calling him Baby Huey, which was a cartoon about a baby duck that's huge. Oh. Yes. Um, Okay. So. Um, kids are awful. The kids are absolutely fucking awful. Okay. Yeah, so. like, I, I understand that children are our future and they need to be protected and taken care of. But we also take, have to- Taken care of at all costs. Put the effort into that. Put the effort in that. And also they can be just mean. Mm-hmm. The, uh, it's, yeah. It, yes. This is why I'm not a teacher anymore. Anyways, yeah. go ahead. I don't blame you. Okay. So, um, so Jesperson's parents are kind of hard for me to read. Um, on one hand, you have the word of a sadistic serial killer who constantly lies. But on the other hand, you have a man who was an alcoholic at the time and either one, quote, doesn't remember, I'm kind of side-eyeing that, but doesn't remember what he does did to his children, or two, doesn't want to admit that he was a shitty dad. So I'm going to start out with what hasn't been disputed, at least to the best of my knowledge. So, uh, Jesperson's father, Les, was an alcoholic until around the age of 48, he was also a hard worker and extremely inventive. The I for this I I didn't finish it, but I read probably about halfway through a book called I the Creation of a Serial Killer. Ooh. So, um but that book, where did it go? Okay. So, the book lists off all of these things that he accomplished, like opened businesses, inventions, patents, and like just so much shit that he did. Mm-hmm. Uh he was constantly working and expected his children to work as well. Which I don't agree with. I think kids should just be kids. But hey, one of the things that Jesperson said about his dad was, quote, I love my dad and I hate my dad. He's so uh, overpowering. Dad is good at everything. It only takes him a few minutes to make friends. Sometimes he comes off as a know-it-all, but maybe he does know it all. I don't know. It just seems weird. I wouldn't know. I don't have one. I don't. <laughs> I've got three. You want to borrow one? Yes. <laughs> okay. So uh, Jesperson's mother, Gladys, was described as a, quote, large, plain woman wh- who was a half inch shorter than six feet with Me rich curly too. hair. <laughs> you were not a half an inch shorter than six feet. I'm 5'2". <laughs> so still, still itty bitty. So she'd be five foot 11 and a half then is what I is what that means. A half an inch shorter than six feet. So, oh, yes. I'm very short. Yeah, it's okay. Everything's okay. I I miss I misheard. No, you're my okay. brain is. I that was a weird way for them to. <laughs> I just quoted it but half an inch shorter. I was like, I'm short. Yeah. <laughs> so um, one of the other children, Jill, said, "Quote: Dad's whole thing was making money, and Mom did everything else." So she tried her best to protect her children from Les's harsh pun- discipline, but she didn't have a whole lot of success. Uh, growing up, she was in a home where sex was incredibly taboo to the point where she was kept away from the barn anytime the animals were giving birth, which is really weird because I feel like a lot of kids on the farm are like, 
ah, yes, animals and people have sex and that's how they reproduce. Like, like it's yeah. very much like it's, this is the natural order. This yes. is how things do. Like, I, I lived on a sheep farm. Fuck, God damn it. I don't know how to use a microphone and you'd think I would by now. Um, <laughs> when, when I lived Spoiler on a Spoiler alert, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I, I lived on a sheep farm for a year when I was about 10 and I helped my great grandpa birth the sheep. Like I'd pulled a goddamn lamb out of a sheep like it's it just seems very weird about that but okay and so, i feel like farmers just like they they see that shit they yeah, do that yeah. shit they and see that like, shit oh it's normal it's like yeah. oh this is this is yes this is animals this is what they do yeah. they give yeah. birth they have kids they fuck <laughs> yes um but yes so so this uh this being sheltered kind of resulted in her being very reserved with everyone and ashamed mm. of her body to the point that her husband never saw her naked. How, uh, wait, uh, um, they had kids. I yeah, I don't know if they were just like cool lights off, turn around. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Fucking. I am reminded of uh, *Handmaid's Tale*. I have not read or watched that. I would, I would watch it before reading the book. The book is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, the way it is written is very unconventional. Mm-hmm. I had to read it for a college class. Okay, and it jumps around a lot it's one of those that like it's we're gonna start at the end now here's the middle now here's the end again now here's the beginning now here's the prelude and i'm like (laughs) who is doing what and where okay but the movie kind of helps that a little bit because it's a little bit more obvious okay okay cool so um her husband les commented uh years later that he never saw one person in her family touch another, not even a hug. Um, outside of that, her children saw her as a workhorse oh. and an excellent housekeeper that held the family together. Oh. Which I have to wonder, like, kids kids obviously, human beings need love, but kids especially when they're growing up. So I wonder just, like, I, I interpret this as, you know, they didn't have that from her. Like, she yeah. was so reserved. But she, she was cold. And- yeah. Like, so I just, I just, I wonder how that affects the brain. Um so, uh, Jesperson just ended up becoming close to his maternal grandparents, which that also really surprises me considering how they were with his mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but so the grandmother, Marjorie, said, <laughs> quote, Leslie always favored Bruce and Brad and our daughter Gladys favored uh, Jill and Sharon. I always had a heart for Keith because he's the one that got left out. So, Aww. Yeah. Jesperson talked about how he loved to go fishing with his grandfather, Roy. Uh, Roy had died when he was only, when Jesperson was nine, and he wonders how he would have turned out if Roy had lived longer, which is a fair thing. I wonder that too, but you know. Um, there was two occasions where Jesperson almost killed somebody as a child. Uh, the first, where the fuck? Okay. The first being one of his friends, um, I'm just going to use the name that was in the book. I don't know if this is a real name or not, but Martin. So Martin used to blame everything on Jesperson, who would get punished for it. And eventually, mm-hmm. he just had enough of it and beat the shit out of Martin to, ah. to the point where Martin lost consciousness. Ah. So, yeah. Um, and he would have kept going if he had not been pulled off. I'm reminded of Ralphie mm. from Christmas Story. Oh, yeah. That, that That's all. That's all. <laughs> Um, but the, the second murder attempt took place at a swimming pool. Um, so previously, while spending time at a lake, Jefferson Jesperson was held under the water by a bully until, like, he almost blacked out. Jesus. Um, 
so in his mind, he's like, shit, I got to stand up to this person. So when he was at the pool, he held the bully's head underwater and a lifeguard had to come and pull him off. He seems to definitely have this history of if somebody doesn't intervene, I will take this too far. Yes. Um, God damn it. I didn't know what that. Yeah. I like. It's like part part of me is like, hell yeah, beat up the bully. But it's like, wait, wait, you yeah. This, also, this is ex- this is excessive. This is no 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 no. He's good now. He's yes. good. He's good. No, like he's almost dead. Please stop. Um, <laughs> so, that's enough slices. Stop it. Oh god. Okay, so. Um, Jesperson is one of many serial killers that suffered some sort of head injury at a young age. Oh, um, oh no. Yes. When, this is all sounding yeah. very formula. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when he was around 17, he was climbing the rope in gym class. Uh, he made it all the way to the top. The rope came loose and he fell 25 feet. Oh my God. Yeah. He slammed his head into the floor and he <gasps> also suffered a hip injury. Oh shit. Yeah. Good old, good old frontal cortex um there's i have stuff in here i'm gonna skip this because i i while this is relevant it's also it's gonna be too long but it's just stuff about how like he got married he had three kids together uh they ended up getting divorced his it's a lot of details about like things that his wife saw and mm. just this man's a fucking monster like the they're, they're, red flags there are two times there that she's pretty sure he tried to kill her and the kids e. yeah so Okay, so back back to the case. Um, so they have this name, Keith Hunter Jesperson, um, but he's a trucker, and well, what the fuck do they do now? Because he's probably off trucking. Uh, the biggest thing they have is that his truck is blue, and a certain company has blue trucks. So the police asked to speak with the manager of the trucking company, and he confirms that, yes, Jesperson is a driver for them. They also tell police that Jesperson is due in Las Cruces, New Mexico, in about two days, which, thank God, hell yeah. So... Police fly out and wait for him to show up, and they, when he does, they ask him if he would mind coming to the office and talking, and Jesperson agrees. So, Jesperson enjoys talking about himself a lot. That um, doesn't surprise me. No. He denies having anything to do with Julie's death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the things that investigators notice is that when they told him she had died, he didn't ask anything about it. Mm. Which, you know, for somebody he's at least friends with. Hmm. Mm. Yes. Uh, so he didn't ask what happened or anything. Uh, <laughs> investigators investigators felt sure that he had killed Julie, but they had no physical evidence. Uh, they were only a few hours away from the border, and investigators were concerned that he was going to be let go and then flee to Mexico. So, unfortunately, they do have to leave. Uh, that's just life. But, so, once they're off the flight... They turn on their phones, and there's a voicemail. It's from Jesperson, and he wants to turn himself in. Hmm. They manage to get him on the phone and ask him to tell them what happened. And Jesperson says that she came over that night, and she died around midnight. Um, she ate some pizza. They had sex. He wanted to have sex again, but she didn't, so he strangled her. Um, and he hit her body in the gorge. So... Investigators had the local sheriff's office detain Jesperson, and I guess he was polite and complied with all orders. Mm, good for him. Yes. So, uh, he admits to the authorities that he had tried to kill himself before calling, but had failed, which this is chilling to think about because without the confession, there's no evidence and there's not enough in the investigation to put Jesperson away without him admitting to what he had done, not to mention everything else that gets found out. So, um, 
Jesperson had also written a letter to his brother, and in it he says, "Seems like my luck has run out. I've been a I've been a killer for five years and have killed eight people. I guess uh. I haven't learned anything." Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Uh, Police didn't know about this letter, and police didn't even know about these seven other, well, I guess technically six other murders, since one of them's Tanya, but still, these seven other murders that he's referencing, as they're only currently after him for Julie's. Uh, Jesperson very much wants this letter to go away, so while in custody, Jesperson asked to make a call to his brother, and they can't let him out of their sight, so the detectives let him leave the office phone. Jesperson calls his brother and tells him to flush the letter, which I think is pretty ballsy to do in front of. In front. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, what did the letter say? What uh, letter? What I flushed letter? it. I don't know. I don't know what well, you're talking about. Well, I forget. But his brother does the right goddamn thing and he pretends to flush it, but he actually gives it to the police. Good. Yes. Good. Fucking thank you. Um, so... Those reporting on Jesperson's arrest noticed the similarities between Tanya Bennett's murder and Julie Winningham's. They remember the happy face letters from before, which is the original letter that we read. Um, and the handwriting is incredibly similar. Police end up pulling DNA from the envelope and the stamp of the happy face letter and compare it to Jesperson, and the DNA is a match. So uh, there is now a name to this anonymous happy face letter. And, well... <laughs> This man's, of course, is all about attention. Hmm. So he even calls the local news station to give them an interview. Mm. And he is the happy face killer and he wants everyone to know it because, of course, he fucking does. So um, is this enough to definitely say that he's the killer in the eyes of the law? Not really. So they can definitely uh, prove that he wrote it since that's his DNA on there that, that he sent. But that's, yeah. that's about it. So mm. our buddy Phil, Phil Stanford of the Oregonian, the Oregonian uh, set out to help Jesperson. <laughs> Shit. Uh, but he said he, this is so weird. Um, but he basically set out to help Jesperson prove that he did indeed commit this crime. And normally it's the other way around. But um, Odd. But yes, but necessary. Okay. And I'm glad. So one of the things that Jesperson told Stanford is that when he killed Tanya, he beat her so bad that he got her blood all over the ceiling. Um, which there is... A story about that from his daughter and uh, basically the house kind of being a little bit haunted. But so. Oh, God. Uh, yes. It's I would. I got to send you a link to the podcast. Because yeah, it was please just, do. Because yes. I, I want yes. to look into that. Yes. OK. So um, wah, bah, 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 I already read that line. So Stanford goes to the house, uh, which had been sold at this point. The walls and ceiling had been painted over, and Stanford tried to tell the DA's office that they could go to the house and scrape the paint off of the ceiling and try and do a DNA analysis as a way to prove if Keith was lying or not. But they didn't want to do that. Case is mm. closed. Why would they need to? Mm. Fuckers. Okay. So, what ends up tying Jesperson to Tanya is the detail of her purse. When driving back from dumping her body, Keith had thrown Tanya's purse out at a certain place. One of the sheriff's deputies had taken a troop of Boy Scouts, which fucking blows uh, my mind. But wait, yes, Boy Scouts. They are going out there to sweep the field, um, which those are children. I know. But like, if you go back even farther in time to certain cases, there have been Boy Scouts out helping with like looking for bodies. It's fucking weird. I stop that. Those are children. Um, anyway, so. I, I mean, part of me is just like, oh yeah, wilderness exploring, learn yeah. how to track, blah blah blah. But also, are you ready for your innocence to die, children? Uh, wait, maybe guess, do that for like a lost dog, right? See, <laughs> at least 
at least in this case, it's like it's looking for a purse and for her ID and shit. That's true. You know, it's That's not true. a body, but there there just have been other ones. Anyway, okay. Like, I feel like they should have like it like hey. Kids, if you want to help with this, great. If not, that's okay. I need signed permission from parent if you want to do this. Oh, like, that's God. the only, like, thing that will make this feasibly yeah, okay-ish. I, but that's still, like, that's a child. Yeah. That is This just not, seems messy. Yeah. Don't like it. If my child ever comes home with a permission slip for that, I'm... I'm like, ah, uh, No. It's going to be a no, but then it's going to be a calling them and be like, so can I sign up for this? Like, uh, no for my kid, but can I? Can I? Can I? Can I pet that dog? <laughs> can I pet that dog? Can I pet that dog? Okay. So, um, so after about three days and cutting down all of the blackberry bushes that had overgrown in the last four years, they find Tanya's person ID. And this is sufficient enough evidence for the DA and the courts to say that Jesperson had killed Tanya. So... Pavlenak and Sosnowski are released after serving four years in jail. Phil Stanford said that while she probably had some sort of regrets about making up the story, she likely didn't understand the depths of what she had done. Mm. Uh, he said that she was emotionally dull from pills and such that she had been taking beforehand. And as for the full depth of what her confession did, Tanya Bennett was Jefferson's very first victim. Um, had Pavlenak not completely derailed the investigation, Jesperson could have been caught sooner. <gasps> Had she not lied, had she not tried to set up John Sosnovsky, Keith Hunter Jesperson might have had a chance to ki- might not have had a chance to kill seven more people. But unfortunately, that's not what happened, and he did kill seven more people. Jesus. Um, on top of that, Jesperson felt that Pavlenak and Sosnovsky going to jail for his crime was something that elated him. Um, it was almost as if he had been given, quote, a license to continue to kill. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. So. Um, Don't like that. Yes. So we are going to go back to the summer of 1992. <laughs> Jesperson was working in a parking lot outside of San Bernardino, California. A woman comes up and asks him for a ride. And she said her name was Claudia. She said I that don't, she, I don't. I know. I, yeah. <laughs> it's the same name that was in the letter. Um, okay, so she said that she's trying to get to Phoenix and that she wasn't meeting anyone there. It just sounded like a nice place to go. I miss Arizona. I do miss Arizona, but also never tell strangers that nobody's waiting on you. You always have people waiting on you, and it's always time sensitive. Yes. Um, so um, he agreed to take her uh, in. Oops. In the book that I referenced earlier, Jesperson said that as soon as she climbed into the cab of his truck, he thought, God, this is the one. <gasps> oh, yeah. it broke. You were right. Yeah. Sorry. I got, I've got. i gotten so lucky. So I, I'm, I, I switched back from crocheting yeah. to uh, getting these jump rings on these little moons. And I was like, okay, time to scoot this on in here. Snap. Well, and you had warned me that yeah, these it, break. Yeah. Ugh. Damn it. Okay, so. Anyways, continue. Okay, so Claudia didn't have any luggage with her. Uh, Jesperson said that he was worried that this meant she was, quote, a female hobo mooshing off of drivers. Oh, my God. Which, even if she What does that matter? It doesn't fucking matter. Anyway, okay, cool. Back Back to the grossness we're about to talk about. So they drove for a while and got lunch. Um, And after they get back to the truck, he assaults her. They drove on again. And when they stopped at the next stop, According to him, she ends up asking for crank, which 
may be true, may not be true. And even if it is true, who gives a shit? She is still a human I being. I am not educated. Is crank crack? Uh, well, let's Google it. <laughs> because I, I am also not educated. Uh, I feel like uh, I'm going to put Google crank slang. <laughs> I feel like I'm 80 years old. Uh, no, that's not what I... No, what? It's a street name for meth. Ah. Okay, cool. I didn't know that either, so. No, I... I just knew, ah, this is a drug. <laughs> so I said... <laughs> that is a drug that make the things That makes happen. things happen, yes. Which, <laughs> and even, even if she was using meth, who gives a shit? She's still a human being. She that did not deserve any of anything this. Anything um, like okay. this. So, apparently, uh, they get into an argument because, well, he doesn't like drugs and he doesn't want them in his truck, blah, 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 blah. Uh, she tells him to give her money and she'll just leave. And that if he doesn't, she'll go over and tell the security guard about how he assaulted her earlier. Um, this makes him angry. So he reaches over her and locks her door. And I don't know what about that is so fucking terrifying to me, but it is. Like, I don't know if it's just the fact that I am watching another human make it so I can't escape or what. But like, I, just, I, ugh, I hate it. I think it's a loss of control factor. Probably. Okay, so um, he grabs her and duct tapes her. He assaults her again. Uh, during this, he hears two cars pull up, and he sees through his curtain two officers. So they go inside the rest up to eat, and he ends up driving away, which kind of breaks my heart a bit. Um, so as he's driving, she manages to get out of the duct tape. She got dressed and was prepared to run out of the truck once he stopped, but she didn't make it. He duct taped her again, and he repeatedly assaulted her. And then he started to strangle her, and then he played the sadistic game of strangling her and then letting up so she could get some air oh over and over again. Yeah. Um, but he did that until he finally decided to kill her. And then he drove miles and miles away to dump her body where he covered her with tumbleweeds. So one of the things that Jesperson said about this murder was, quote, now that I was heading toward my second murder, I knew I'd be facing the devil someday. And to please him, I had to do a better job of killing. Uh, that, not the whole quote. Um, that made this murder easier morally because God had nothing to do with it. Uh, Neither did right or wrong. Uh, it was me and the devil doing our thing. And now I could concentrate on killing. Uh, I don't, what a just don't like that. Despicable, despicable, disgusting human. I... Huh. Okay, so Claudia still has not been identified today. Um, mm -hmm. It could have been a name that she made up, or he just doesn't remember her name properly, or she was never reported missing. There are so many factors. We just mm -hmm. unfortunately don't know who she is. Um, so I'm not going to go over specific details of every single murder, as a lot of them are just repeats of this. Um, you know, he picks up a woman that he thought wouldn't be missed, and he gets them into his truck. He assaults them. He kills them. He dumps them. Um, but his, his next victim was Cynthia Lynn Rose in Turlock, California. In September of 1992, he strangled her after she walked into the cab of his truck while he was sleeping. His next victim was Lori Ann Pentland in Salem, Oregon. She was a sex worker, and he strangled her after she tried to charge him double what she usually charged. Um, his next victim was a Jane Doe that was found in Santa Nella, California. 
Jesperson said that her name was either Carla or Cindy. Um, it was not until April of 2022 that she was identified as 45-year-old Patricia Skipple. It took 29 years to ID her, but, you know, it was finally done. And this gives me hope for his other victims as well as, like, victims of other killers that are still unknown. Um, his next victim was another Jane Doe found outside of Crestview, Florida. He refers to her as Suzanne. Um, his next victim was Angela Subris, who he picked up near Spokane, Washington. Um, this one sticks out to me because of, we're, I'm about to say something horrible and it's, it involves mutilation of a person. So skip over that if that's not your thing. Um, so he drug her body under his truck as a way to prevent police from identifying her. Oh God. Yes. And the absolutely horrifying thought is that later when he was in jail and he was writing t letters to his daughter, basically to fucking antagonize her, um, he basically implied that she might have been alive when he did this. So. Um, Jesus Christ. Yes. They had not even found her body until his confession. So. And then his next and last victim was Julie Winningham, who was we, who we discussed today. So. Uh, Jesperson claimed that he had killed as many as 166 women from coast to coast. Jesus. However, he was only linked to these eight women, um, which, and pardon me, goddamn. Okay, so however, he was only linked to these eight different murders in Florida, California, Oregon, Wyoming, and Washington State. Uh, he took a plea deal to avoid a death penalty. He was scared of dying because of course he was. That is the thing with all of these fucks. They are never afraid to take life, but they are Afraid always, of dying. Yes, always fucking scared of dying. Um, my thought is he can't get the attention that he wants if he's dead. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, and here, here's where everything, you are going to be so angry when I said, oh, oh, I have things that talk about how he does not regret shit. Here we go. Okay, so. When asked if he had any remorse, Keith said, quote, I'm sorry to the world. I'm sorry I am who I am. If I could go back and change everything, the world would be a better place. However, we all know that ain't going to happen. Uh, I mean, if you can't tell these, you know, hollow as fuck words that he doesn't mean it, then, you know, please, please consider the following. Jesperson views his murders as, quote, <laughs> putting them out of their misery. Uh, what, what? Uh, forensic psychologist Joni Johnston says that this is how he minimizes responsibility for what he's done and can deny culpability. Another thing he said is, quote, so I had 40 good years and I had eight days of insanity and I'm being held responsible for the rest of my life on these eight days of insanity. My brother in Christ, you killed eight women. Yeah. That's not, I fucking got, okay. Um, so, uh, there was, it was a 2020 special that I watched. Um, there was an interview that he, whoop, pardon me. There was a phone interview that he did with a reporter and so Jesperson says, it became a nonchalant type of thing because I got away with it. It was like, it was like I was shoplifting. And the reporter says, it is nothing like shoplifting. You're killing somebody. And he says, it is everything like shoplifting. You're breaking the law, but you're getting away with it. And so there's a thrill of getting away with it. Um, uh. Yeah. And she says like, you know, that's so gruesome. You know, there's a possibility that the family members might be listening to this. And he says, I'm sorry it happened. I wish it never happened. It's done. It's over with. Just sweep that shit under the rug, can't you, you that's little shit? 
fucking. That's literally the shittiest apology. Oh, the, it's, it's not even, not an, even apology. an apology. It's it's, it's like mm, sorry you went through that. Basically, it's, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's damn. so gaslighty. It's so gaslighty. It's sorry so you feel bad. Sorry, I just. Oh. He so this this man just gives no fucks about anything he's ever done, um, and he feels as though the people that he hurt and murdered are just garbage. So on the bright side, people, or pardon me, on the bright side, Keith feels the ghosts of his victims all around him, like he can't escape them. And my hope is that these people are at peace and that these ghosts are just something that he's manifesting to somehow torture him. Like, I I wouldn't be surprised if he manifested some dark shit to haunt him. Probably. I sincerely hope that all of the people he killed are just off in the next life and they're enjoying themselves. Yes. Free. And that whatever has latched onto him is awful and just feeds off of his fucking misery. Yep. And I just hope he drives himself crazy with all of those things. So, you know, that's, uh, that's what it is. And I just hope he rots for all eternity, wherever the fuck he's at in this life and the next in the next. So yeehaw. That's, that's all that. So is he still locked up then? Yes. He, uh, let me, unless things have changed in the last month, but I haven't, uh, bum, bum, bum. Yeah, he's still alive. He's still locked up. Well, he's, yeah. You gross fuck. Where is Keith Hunter Jesperson now? Oregon State Penitentiary. Ooh, the thing wait, that makes me upset. Ooh, wait a second. Sorry. Uh, this article is from October 4th, 2023. Uh, let me, oh? it says the headline <coughs> is another victim of Bay Area linked happy face killer identified. Oh, so no, go away. So victim of long haul trucker, Suzanne Kellenberg. It's K-J-E-L-L-E-N Berg. Hang on. Uh, so, oh, this is the one in Florida in September of 1994. Which, let me look at my notes so I can have a better frame of reference for that. Sorry. I know I just read this, but I also just read a lot of information. So, Bringo Also, Bringo Burr. Yeah, her name was Suzanne. So, yeah, he, at, just outside of Crestview, Florida, he refers to her as Suzanne. Um, yeah. All right. I am so glad that we found... Oh, my God. Thank God. Okay. I think that just leaves one more Jane Doe. And that's Claudia? Um, yes. The, the one he called Claudia. Um, I guess she was 34 at the time of her death. Mm. Um, so, wow. Okay. Found body woman. Patricia Skipple. That was the one that had gotten identified in 22. Okay. Um, oh, my God. Okay. Okay. So, oh God, so, oh, okay, we're just not going to talk about this because oh. it's dark. Um, but I, so a family member gave a sample and it became a 100% DNA hit for Suzanne Kellenberg, Jellenberg. I wish I knew how to read that. I'm sorry. I don't know if the K is silent or if the J is silent. So, um, oh my God. So that just leaves one of his victims unidentified. Okay. I sincerely hope that Claudia gets ID'd because- yeah. All of her, God, okay, I wonder if I can find, I, this is another thing where I had a hard time finding more information about the victims, just because, like, some of them are identified, it was the 90s, and a lot of them were sex workers, so, like, there, there is a stigma, 
there's a stigma around sex work, sex work and sex workers are typically considered less dead. It's they like they don't matter as much as other human beings, which is absolutely not fucking true. But that's awful. Yes, oh, that's awful. All of this is fucking awful. I'm so glad that she's been identified, though. That's yeah, that's so good. that was a pleasant discovery I out mean, of all of this. Yeah, if that's I seldom do we have happy news about things, but I guess that's happy. At least her family has answers, and she's like properly put to rest. Yeah. Oh my goodness, and that was just last month. It was a month ago. Mm. Oh my god. That is insane. Okay. Well, I'm glad that we... I, me too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad. <laughs> Maybe that's why I could never get through this topic before. <laughs> we were waiting for this specific time Apparently. so we could find that specific article. Thank you, brain. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, shit. That was fucking awful. No wonder I took forever to want to record <laughs> again. <laughs> I keep picking awful ones because I am fascinated by awful ones. And then but I have to say... at the same say, time, it's like, oh, no. I can research... Like, I've, that's just been done in sitting in my box. But then having to actually say the words out loud, God, that is awful. It's fucking awful. I just... <sighs> Send us pet pics and ghost pet stories. Pics. Send us your personal ghost stories. I need some sort of happiness. Where's the dog? Kenobi! Oh, I love you, Kenobi! Oh, you're such a good boy! Oh, he's like, hook my belly. Oh, you're such a good boy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. That makes me feel a little more human again. Just pet my dog. Can I pet that dog? Can I pet that dog? Okay. Okay. Oh, hi, baby. I- <laughs> Thank God for dogs. Okie dokie. Well, <laughs> that was awful. Yeah, it was. <laughs> there's, there's nothing else to say. Oh, God. Uh, we got to find a way to, like, be able to bring ourselves back up at the end and hopefully use the listener back up without being, like, rude or disrespectful or anything. Oh, oh so my moons are getting pretty. Yes, moons. Um, jump ringed. Um, I've only broken two. That's good. Out of a hundred. So, so far we're good, but my thumb and finger hurt. Oh, I believe it. Because jump rings do be jump ringing. Yeah. And I am just ready to go back to my (laughs) boyfriend, digital boyfriend. Mm, Digital boyfriend. Digital boyfriend. Please uh, (laughs) tell him I said hi. The thirst. Oh, maybe one day we'll be normal, but I doubt that. No. I enjoy who I am. I don't want to be normal. Embrace the cringe. <laughs> to be cringe. It's to, it's be, to free. be free. Oh, God damn it. All right. Oh, stretching. Okay, guys. I, wow. Both episodes we did today ended up being over an hour. That's nice. Cool. Hell yeah. We Teamwork have, makes the dream yes. work. We have motivation today. That's good. That's. Don't get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> I want motivation. I know. I want it too, but I'm also, I don't know if I'm pessimistic or realistic. It's, I'm one of the things. I recognize that I have a disability being the adhood that makes it hard to fucking function. So I'm trying, I'm, I'm a lot better at not being hard on myself anymore because of it. That's good. But also, goddamn, it's annoying. Yeah. When you get the, oh, like the, the ADHD paralysis, I think is what it's yes, called. Yes, and it's it's always, it's never 
that I don't want to do things. It's just that there's so much to get started that I get overwhelmed. And then I just sit there thinking about all the things. Yeah, and then I get more overwhelmed and then it's not going to get started. I it, it always goes so much better when I'm with people. Yeah. So like I'm planning on going over to Bex tomorrow to hopefully get some shit done. But yeah, okay, okay. So, um, I got a bill on sale right here. Oh God, all right, time to... <laughs> time to stop recording so they don't hear our brains just melting out of our ears. You hear that? <laughs> That's my brain. This is Leaking. your brain on drugs. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> this is your brain. And this is your brain on drugs. Scrambled. <laughs> All right. We love you. We love you, friends. Be kind to yourself. Drink water. Yes, do that. Do a stretch break. If you need store-bought serotonin, don't forget to take that. I was like, where can I get that? I was like, oh, wait. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that's it from us. Bye. Bye.